0: to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast at Burn Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content over at burnorangenation.com. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. I would to get the show out there. Share this with your friends wherever you found it, whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, anywhere where you can find fine podcast content. You can find Kyle and myself. Feel free to connect with us on social media at... Longhorn Pod on Twitter, shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. My name is Gerald Goodridge. I'm your host this week, like I am every week. And I'm joined by the only man in North America that hasn't seen Hamilton, Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you?
1: <laughs> Desperately seeking credentials. Um, you know, we don't charge much for this podcast. You'll get your bill at the end of the year for twenty nine ninety nine. dollars 99 But uh, no, this is a free service. Anyone want to hit me up with them, uh, do a service with them credentials? I'm kidding, guys. I would never... Ever elicit such things? Disney, uh, feel free to hire me to your, um, you know, companies, ESPN, or or any other of your subsidiary of companies. So I would never, ever endorse the sharing of Disney Plus credentials.
0: Absolutely not. No, no way. I would never share credentials on anything. Uh, so uh, we're <laughs> not here to talk about filming of Broadway musicals or anything of the sort. <laughs> but we are here to talk about some drama happening on the 40 acres so uh, as part of kind of the the season we're in former safety soon to be linebacker potentially uh DeMarvin Overshone Tweeted out uh, this weekend that he will not be suiting up again for the University of Texas uh, until some changes are being made. Uh, according to twenty four seven Chip Brown, uh, he's still he actually hasn't even come to Austin because these workouts have been voluntary. Uh, so he's still back in Arp with his family. Uh, he has not returned to school, j- kind of due to some COVID concerns. Uh, school officials have been in contact with him, and they're they're we're trying to reassure him again. According to these reports, that that. Uh, Dean Hartzell and that crystal Conte are meeting with student organizations to try to make sure that they do this right. And so that was been kind of reassuring, but uh, Texas is I mean, we can talk about Overshown making this decision. That's not really what we're here to talk about because Kyle and I have both been very vocal about the fact that we'll support these players uh, using their agency and using their um, their platform to try to affect changes that they think are necessary. So that's not really the conversation we need to have. We don't want to keep rehashing that. Uh, but there is a football side to this, right? Um, he recently moved from safety to linebacker, was going to compete and probably, at least if we know, when it. Potentially a starting spot at linebacker. Texas is really thin at that Will linebacker spot. David Benda uh, is currently really the only guy that's not at least injured or fully released to participate that will uh, be competing for that spot. So Kyle, like linebacker is going to be a question mark even bigger if Overshone doesn't play this year.
1: Yeah, you know it's uh, it's it's crazy, right? I mean, we haven't seen anything on the field, so to talk about on the field stuff is a bit of speculation. Um, I, I kind of told you I, I'd, I'd heard some things about some other players potentially playing. Maybe that's maybe that's the thought there. Is it's cover? Um, maybe the coach is kind of new with him not being in there that, that they needed to be training someone up. But um, yeah, I mean, linebacker continues to be that point of. Um, desperation almost for this for this defense uh it's it's been a, a series of of things um with with missing on uh, some recruits or having some recruits have medical issues which is obviously uh out of control out of the coach's control um and then you know um with juan mitchell you know choosing it seems to uh leave the team as well um in the off season. i mean it just makes it makes that spot Desperate. I mean, I think David Benda, um, you know, a, a guy we're, we're we're ready to see, you know, if he can step up. I think, uh, you know, it, it'll be very curious how they how they how they sub because there's a lot of talent in both the defensive line and uh, and defensive backfield. If, if you know what the packages will look like, how they will, you know, um, some combination of a a four-one-six. I don't know. I mean, I, I truly don't know uh, how they they. They audible from from that if he does truly not play this season. Um, One thing I will say is I think Overshown would be a really interesting fit. A player I was one of the players I was most excited about seeing in that linebacker spot with all the skills and and type of game he had um, coming into the season. Now all of that said, caveat right is um, let's hope the university does the right thing and, and it can help um you know put put an end to uh concerns that he and other players uh, are having on, on you know the team and, and then this isn't even a thing we truly need to need to think about at the time but uh Either way, um, like you said, I, I think the most important thing to take away is that uh, Demarvin. We know you listen to this, longtime listener, friend of the show. Uh, hopefully, he does. Uh, just know you have two podcast uh, hosts here, if not many, 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 many Longhorns uh, around the world who uh, who applaud your decision, uh, wish you strength and courage and, and conviction to to uh, stick to it. That is, um, it's it's a bold move, and 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 you are uh, you're respected for standing up for what you believe in.
0: I mean, not participating in football activities is giving up your scholarship. So, like, that's a that's a big deal. But you know, when we when we keep talking about the football side of things, um, Marcus Tillman coming off an injury, maybe subs and like the the fact that the state of Texas hasn't really produced a ton of top tier linebackers. And when Texas was able to go outside the state and poach a guy um, from California, he got hurt. Like, he he will no longer be playing. So, you know. 2020, there's help on the way with, you know, a guy like maybe Prince Dorbuck could come in and potentially compete. Again, the level field is pr- – the playing field is pretty leveled uh, because of, uh, you know, the lack of, the f- you know, spring football and all that. So, we'll see what this six-week ra- uh, ramp up uh, – maybe that also kind of settles where Jaden Hullaby lands. Uh, he was recruited as an as a athlete, kind of running back hybrid, uh, but he's played some linebacker as well Um so I don't I don't know maybe that again we've talked that's a, something we've talked about quite a bit so uh, Jalen Ford came in late as an outside linebacker but again I just don't know who's gonna fill that spot because that's a big spot
1: son of mother hustle Byron Vaughn's get him out here on the I think we had him slotted in that Jack spot but get him on the other side at will uh, see what he can do over there you know I I would. I cannot wait until he is like a regular starting contributor just so that I can see how his mom reacts to it on Twitter, because she's one of our single uh, favorite personalities on the internet.
0: Yeah. Top. If you're not following Byron Vaughn's mother on Twitter, mother hustler, um, you are, you are following athlete parents incorrectly. If you follow athlete parents (laughs) and don't follow her, you have missed the mark. (laughs) So speaking of help on the way, Texas picked up another defensive back commit kind of, Almost closing the door on defensive backs There's probably one more spot there, but that's another conversation. We'll probably have Mike Roach on in a couple weeks to talk about it. Uh, but four-star quarterback, Jameer Johnson out of California, the number 236 player overall, the number 17 quarterback in the nation, the number 24 player in the state of California, the eighth commitment for Texas in the top 250. So Texas adds a rangy big player for uh for, to the 2021 class, and uh, hopefully bolster that defensive back group.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a fantastic pickup. I think. Um You know it is a it is a group that i i as a former defensive back uh just say keep getting them in keep getting four stars keep getting five stars keep getting dudes guys uh you know athletes keep getting guys back there who can just you can just flat out play um i love going into california and getting dudes it worked out well with colin johnson um let's let's uh you know get a couple of those every uh every year i mean the uh the fact that he he played you know all over the field in high school wildcat quarterback wide receiver um you know but will probably probably play coverage corner for texas i think bodes uh well and and you actually put this in the notes uh gerald but my favorite piece of this which i did not realize until you said it uh was that uh jamie johnson is just the third player from outside of the state of texas in this class uh with 14 uh recruits committed so that's um that's fantastic. Tom locking down Texas
0: and, and getting what he likes outside of it. Absolutely. And the two players not from the state of Texas. One of them is, we're just going to go ahead and annex Pro Kick Australia. That'll be a Texas <laughs> province in Australia. So Isaac Peterson, uh, again, we've talked about it. The Val Victorian of Pro Kick Australia becomes a Texas longhorn. That's how it works. Um, and then Casey Kane, a wide receiver out of New Orleans, is the other guy. Uh, but the. This just like this is a Jay Volai, Chris Ash cornerback. Like when you watch this tape, when you look at him, he's a he's six foot can play one-on-one coverage, good ball instincts. But the thing I like about him the most is he likes to hit people. And I like a cornerback that doesn't mind hitting folks. That's something that I appreciate. But he's he's got kind of a – he's got a frame that can bulk up. So, you know, there's talk that he maybe eats his way back to safety, which is totally fine if Texas – but, again, this is a class that will probably also have two safeties in it with J.D. Coffee and then another player yet to be named. So uh, I think he probably lands at corner because, well – Jay Valai recruited him, right? So that is a big deal for him. But I really think that, um, you know, Texas is, is kind of closing the book on the defensive back class. There's only one spot, and again, we'll talk to Mike Roach probably in a couple of weeks uh, to get some more insight into this. So we'll be able to uh, we'll be able to discuss that more in depth. But again, Texas adding talent to the 2021 class is not a bad thing.
1: So, Gerald, before we go uh, any further, I do want to give you uh, you and the listeners a quick update so this week came out um the the uh baseball rushmore which we did which may have gotten the most discussion obviously football had quite a quite a bit some of the old heads came out for our basketball coverage but obviously a a a mount rushmore without roger clemens on it even when we were so cheater cheater pumpkin eaters that we made a pitcher hitter and Coach Rushmore. That's three Rushmores. Oddly, Rushmore was in the news this week, but we won't talk about that. We'll only talk about UT Rushmores and in ESPN's uh, greatest all-time college baseball team, two pitchers made the list. Baseball's uh, Houston Street, Maybe you heard of him uh, we talked a little bit about him on the uh, on the pod uh, as well as uh, mr. Swindell who uh, a lot of uh, fans from the uh, from the kind of 80s team said he was the best of a, of a bunch you know that that was all legendary Hall of Fame pitchers uh, from that team so just just really cool to see I mean guys that we spent a lot of time researching talking about trying to pick and, and, and choose over was on a team of uh, I think 11 you know, uh, people, basically um, the, the left-handed pitcher, they did a right-handed left-handed and relief pitcher. And out of the three pitchers, two of them were from Texas.
0: So they cheated like us. They couldn't narrow it down. So they went each hand. I I'm, I'm fine with it. Again, this is hard. It's really hard to do that. Uh, but it also gives us a little bit of validation that maybe we know more than we give ourselves credit for Kyle. I think we may, we may, we may be onto something with our analysis.
1: I think we might be. And just uh, adding adding more fuel to our, our kind of new rival, at least from the football field, always been a rival in, in the baseball diamond. Uh, the only other team with more than or more than one player represented, LSU Tigers.
0: Uh-oh. Okay. Good to know. Very good to know. So now's the part of the show where we give some shine to all the other stuff that we don't necessarily talk about. I need to come up with a better intro uh, because it's really... Basketball and volleyball at this point, and we down the 40. But basketball released its 2020 2021 tentative air quotes non conference schedule this week. They released they'll be playing opening the season uh, against Louisiana. They'll have a game in November against Gonzaga, Stetson, a frequent, they're going to go to uh, Maui to take on uh, or to play in the Maui Invitational. They'll be part of the Big 12 Big East battle in December, same as the Big 12 SEC uh, challenge in January. Boston University Battleground 20, 2K20 uh, tournament against Louisiana Tech. A lot on the schedule. Kyle, what jumps out to you? What game did you circle of this non-conference slate?
1: Um, obviously Stetson because uh, it's something you can hang your hat on. No, <laughs> oh, Uh I'll keep moving. No, I, I like Gonzaga. I think I was always excited uh, about UT playing Gonzaga when they announced the deal. Um, second game of the season, they have Gonzaga coming uh, to Austin. I think is, is uh very cool Gonzaga, like a, um, a, a traditional power. Obviously, I think we don't necessarily think of them when we, we rattle off the Kentuckys and, and UCLAs and... and Dukes and Carolinas immediately off the, the bat, but Gonzaga probably de- deserves a spot right in that next tier, a very, very good team and a good team last year who will uh, certainly test uh, UT and kind of show what this team, which we've said should be Shaka's best squad um, that he's had since he's been here, what they, what they have with a lot of players uh, returning and, and talent still on the books.
0: I always circle the big 12 sec challenges. Cause I hate those guys. I think it's one that I'm always, always fine with, uh, with, with, with us circling and getting a win. So Texas baseball added, uh, all American outfielder, Mike Antico as a grad transfer from St. John's. We talked about how you're going to replace Duke Ellis. Well, that might be how you're going to replace Duke Ellis. Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, I, I all, all respect to the Duke, but you, you could most certainly probably all, oh, definitely call this an upgrade, not just a replacement. Uh, Ellis, who himself signed with the White Sox, um, you're basically bringing in a guy who is uh, an All-American in, in, in 2019, I believe, um, but hit 386 with six home runs, 29 RBIs, and 20 <laughs> stolen bases uh, in 2019. The best thing about this, Gerald, he's one of the fastest outfielders in the country. Uh, he had 10 stolen bases through the in a few games we played, um, 20 games or whatever less, in, in, in 2020. Um, so a guy who... who can get on base. And then once he get on, gets on base, uh, is a definite threat, uh, to, to, uh, steal some bases, which, you know, as, as anyone who watches baseball, I'll tell you, it's great to move runners into scoring position. It's even better to get a pitcher uh, looking over his shoulder, but before, before he throws a pitch, uh, to your power hitter. So speed, uh, speed kills. And I, am excited to add some more of it in Mike Antico.
0: Absolutely. So we do have to talk about this. I think Kyle, um, uh, but, but, A and M gotten a little bit of trouble this week. Uh, Basically, a month after Jimbo got there, he started cheating. Uh, so, January 2018 mm-hmm. through February of 2019, there were some infractions that happened. Uh, head coaches and assistants had some impermissible recruiting contacts, uh, which again, quit cheat It sucks that you have to cheat to win to end up fourth in your uh, fourth in your <laughs> division. But another conversation. Uh, they also had uh, some like a seven-hour extension of their. Uh, I guess they went past the limits of what they could uh, have athletically related activities. So uh, A&M got a little bit of a slap on the wrist, but the big deal is that they can't recruit that high school for another couple of years. And Jimbo got got a six-month show cause for failing to promote an atmosphere of compliance because he allowed these violations to happen. Get it together
1: getting the show cause is not necessarily a small deal. Um, Aggies on, on the internet have, have been drastically trying uh, to play this down or paint a, a grand conspiracy um, about why this happened. Apparently it was an, it was because a guy from FSU was, was mad at Jimbo, and so he made it all up. But, um, you know, the only thing I'll say about this um, is, is I'll quote um, a document, and, and I, I use that word, um, loosely um but from uh the tamu.edu maybe you have heard of it there is a a thing revised in 2003 called the aggie code of honor um, a simple verse which says an aggie does not lie cheat or steal or tolerate those who do so I am excited to see the non-toleration that all Aggies are going to do now that Jimbo has been caught lying, cheating, and stealing and will instantly uh, fire him while also paying him all of the you know $300 million uh, that they owe him. But because they are the most honorable folks on the entire planet, they will obviously eat that in the sake of honor. So good on you, Aggies. Can't wait till that announcement comes out.
0: Absolutely. Again, cheating, still finish fourth in your division. So volleyball will be playing their games in the fall at the Frank Irwin Center to allow for a greater amount of social distancing. Uh, Gregory Gymnasium is one of the best venues to see a sporting event on campus simply because you're literally sitting on top of other people. So uh, if we're going to have fans in the stadium, we got to give them a little bit of room. And Kyle, I put this in the show notes to simply ask you one question. Will there be more fans at the OU volleyball game or the OU basketball game?
1: Ooh. That's a good question. I I am it will be very weird to see volleyball not in its most perfect as we've said many times setting in 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 Gregory. So I I will say this. OU in basketball has produced some incredible moments over the years. Think back to last year it was in Norman, but the the buzzer beater to quiet the chanting OU fans. I mean, I'm still, here's the thing. Okay, here's the thing. You know by the time that UT plays OU in volleyball that at least one of those teams, I don't know what OU will be, but at least one of those teams will be like a top five team in the nation. The UT team will be very highly ranked. If the men's basketball team has a number next to their name by the time they play OU at home, uh, or at least has a a good win streak going, I think that you'll get more people out for that. But I, I, I will say, I think you may have a more a larger number of diehard devoted fans for volleyball than you do for basketball. Basketball can flux and get the bigger numbers. um, But I think at its core, and this is what you're, what you're hinting at volleyball has, has the diehards. But again, with the caveat that if the basketball team is as good as we think they could possibly, maybe just kind of who knows be um, then it'll still skew basketball.
0: Okay, I just want to ask, because Texas fans show up to games at Frank Arbit Center. Just do it. You all should. But that brings us to the part of the show where we honor one of the best traditions in all of college athletics, Big Bertha, and we bang the drum, brought to you by Joe Ruiz. So, Kyle, what are you banging the drum on this week?
1: So Gerald, I, I earlier in the uh, in the notes kind of listed the uh, ESPN ranking things and ranking college baseball, and that that's pretty cool, you know. Um, I, they've they've done some rankings in the off season. It's it's hashtag content desert. I get it. Um, luckily, we don't have that problem because we are you know a, a show that uh, is is deep and rich in things to talk about every week. Um, but ESPN is is going to the content well. Um, and they went ahead and and they've been ranking the greatest of things and, and they got around to it to the greatest moments in college football history now college football has been around for a lot of years i think they celebrated a milestone recently of uh of 150 is it 150 this past year I, I believe yeah so i mean it, it's been around a long time there's been some great teams. There's been some unbelievable individual singular performances. There's been some great national championships games. There's been some great bowl games. There's been some great rivalry games. There's been moments, right? That's that's why this list was was rich. And reading through it, as you start at the top and and, and whittle down to the numbers smaller, uh, you you keep saying, "Oh, that that is a good one. That, that that was great. Oh yeah, I remember that. Or oh, my dad talks about that." And they got to number two, and I hadn't seen the moment that I think we all think about when we hear the list is about the greatest moment in college football history. And I was ready to blow a gasket uh, and actually, you know, fly, walk, bus, Uber, very expensive Uber, um, you know, uh, the Uber version of helicopter, whatever it took, up to Bristol, Connecticut, uh, to to have a word with ESPN. Had it not. come to the resounding conclusion we all knew, uh, was to happen. Um, and that was that the, the number one, uh, college football moment of all time, it was fourth and five. Texas had the ball USC desperately playing defense. Gerald, I'm going to give you a toss up here. Cause I love your Keith Jackson impersonation. Can you take us home? What was that moment? And how would Keith Jackson
0: say it? Well, first he'd say Texas only has one times out left, <laughs> but then he would say he's going for the corner. He's got he's it. He's got it.
1: Oh, so good. It's, it's, what a game
0: for that man to retire on, by the way.
1: If you know, if he hadn't retired, it may have killed him. I mean, it, it was. Uh, <laughs> He was he was 11 Manhattan's in and, and that was just the perfect amount to I kid I'm kidding obviously but uh, just the perfect amount to call the greatest college football moment as ranked by every Longhorn by my DVD that sits under my TV of that bowl game and now correctly by espn.com
0: Hook 'em. It's where it should be. Greatest game, greatest moment, greatest player. I love it. So I'm banging the drum this week. This is just, I want to go on a rant for a second. So uh, OU got a commit from the number one quarterback in the country, which we knew was coming. And actually, uh, Kamiar alluded to it last week on on the preview podcast. But when he got the commitment, this, this narrative started happening on Twitter and online uh, that OU was just absolutely out recruiting Texas at the quarterback position, and that Texas is absolutely getting blasted and beaten by the by the Sooners in the quarterback room. And there's no argument that the player that that OU got, well, he wasn't offered by Texas. That's another conversation. But Caleb Williams, <laughs> incredible talent. But the framing of this is that the quarterback that Texas has committed in 2021 is some sort of scrub. And Jalen Milrow is not a scrub. And I will t- I will go to the mat any day of the week. Number four player at the position. Oh, my gosh. Texas is getting vastly out-recruited by OU, the number four player at the position, top 100 player. They haven't even played their senior years yet. And I'm going to go into this. Caleb Williams' tape is great, but I'll take the competition at Katie Tompkins over whatever he's playing in Washington, D.C. I'm just going to go and throw that out there. So with that being said, yes, OU did get the number one quarterback in the country. There's no argument there. The Sooners playing for Lincoln Riley as a quarterback is never a bad decision. But the framing of Jalen Milrow, and this was a quote from an actual college football writer, Texas is starting at a talent deficit at the most important position on the field. Framing Jalen Milrow as a talent deficit and not a guy who could potentially challenge for a roster spot, a depth chart spot, in his freshman year is terrible reporting, and you should be ashamed of yourself.
1: A scrub is a guy who thinks he's fly, also known as a buster. Jalen Milrow is certainly neither of those things. He doesn't want your number, Zach Barnett. He doesn't want to give you his he doesn't want to meet you anywhere, and he wants none of your time. Jalen Milrow is no scrub. Zach Barnett, I actually like, is a good reporter. I think this is probably the worst job he's ever done in his life. Okay, just walk it back. This was bad. Um, Milrow on his quarterbacking, great. Okay, really good recruit. Gerald will, will just told you why he's very good. The thing that he's missing is Jalen Milrow is one of the top five all-time college football recruiters. You heard it here first, folks. He has been recruiting up a storm as a a student uh, of other recruits in the class for about three years, it feels like. Um, Milrow has been getting dudes uh, to commit to UT. So uh, not only will he be a great quarterback at UT and then probably the next level, but whenever he, he undoubtedly decides to join a college football coaching staff, the dude's built in, ready to be a recruiting machine. How many guys has Caleb Williams recruited and how has he been doing it for three years? zero.
0: Zero. Absolute zero. Like the te- the Texas quarterback room in 2 years is going to be probably Casey Thompson, maybe if he if he wins a job and transfers. You've got Jackson and Hudson Card, you've got Jalen Milrow Like that's that's an okay room. Like that's a yeah. room I'll be okay with. Uh but that's all we got for you this week, Kyle. We're going to good folks find you on the internet. Uh, you
1: can find me in uh, Zach Burnett's message. No, you can find me on Twitter at Kyle Carpenter. You can follow the Texas Pregamer on Twitter at Texas Pregamer.
0: You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at G.H. Get trollish on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. Shoot us an email, Pod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in again this weekend. Until next time, hook them.
1: Hook them.